0: Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that takes a look at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. I'd like to welcome Bob Pocres, Motor motorsports writer at ESPN to the Sports Marketing Huddle. So Bob, I really enjoyed your article, which dug into what's going on in the world of NASCAR sponsorships. And the number one thing that's on my mind right out of the gate is what's going on with the value of sponsorships because there are a lot of teams now who may only have half of the season filled. Uh, Some of them uh, are even uh, removing a car from their team because they can't fill the inventory there. So what's going on with the value of NASCAR sponsorships? Well,
1: I think some companies see a lot of value in the, in the NASCAR team sponsorships. Uh, other companies, they just can't uh, prove it through ROI. I would say 10 years ago, you had a lot of companies that did it because th- they felt like, hey, this is a good idea. It's exposure. Yeah, we can put some numbers with it, but you know it, it's not like I have to justify spending $10 million saying that we're getting $15 million uh, spend on our product uh, we the, the we just do it because of the vibe because we can have hospitality at these events uh at, at a little bit of an extra cost and and it just seems to be a good thing now be, people in the marketing world have to justify every dollar spent so it's uh so it's a little bit tougher if you're uh if you know if you're doing sports marketing and to convince your c f o that hey this, this is the right thing to do. And secondly, nobody wants to go out on a limb, right? If, if you can't prove it before you're going to do it, nobody is going to say, hey, let's just uh, try it and see, because that usually just ends up in somebody getting fired.
2: Right. Bob, I'm, I'm curious, what do you think was the change behind this? Why do you think that for some teams and some cars, it, it's harder to sell a sponsorship or some brands convince them to continue to make the investment or make the investment for the first time? Do you think it has anything to do with digital and social where things are much more trackable than they had been in years past? Or is it something totally unrelated?
1: Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I mean, obviously, it used to be you could sponsor a car and you could view it as just a TV buy. You know your your car was on TV for a certain number of minutes during a race, and Nielsen would tell you how many people watched, and you could put, say, well, if we bought this amount of time in TV commercials, it would cost this, and we're getting it for that. But now, you know a you know obviously the the TV ratings are down. People's viewing habits are different. And, and with the move to more uh, social consumption and social engagement in a race, NASCAR likes to say and teams you know, like to say, you know, look, there are still people watching. There are still people engaged. But the question is, how do you monetize that, right? How do you, how do you monetize, well, our car was uh, tweeted about and had this many photos on Twitter and Facebook and, and all this stuff. How, how much is that actually worth? And I think that's kinda of the biggest challenge for these teams now is to, to to create or figure out an ROI on uh on a lot of these social platforms.
2: Well I think, I think the interesting connection between NASCAR and, and, and getting brands to sponsor teams and cars, uh, in comparison to some of the other traditional sports where some brands are sponsoring the stadiums or they're buying uh, you know naming rights and and so forth, there's a lot of similarities there and some of the brands that are spending the big bucks doing that are just looking for, hey, we want our logo placed on, you know, this stadium or this car or this person and other brands are trying to figure out how do we make it so that it's more uh, interactive and engaging and something beyond just putting a logo uh, on a on a car or on a stadium. Are you seeing any brands and teams that are doing a good job of creating that um you know that more depth of 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 engagement, that integration, or is it still very much a lot of brands just putting logo on a car?
1: Uh, I, I would say that the, the most successful sponsorships are the ones that can do the most integration, and, and and it comes in a variety of ways. You have Nationwide, which sponsors Dale Earnhardt Jr. and and that's a very people have a good um, that 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 engages well with junior fans because uh junior has ha- has had nationwide insurance for years and years and years, and it's something you know that they that they talk that they use in their commercials and it's, and, and they do a lot of uh social things and 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 you know like car unveils on through social media and they do things very or, so, some things very organically so, uh, so, so so they use that to kind of appeal directly to customers you have other things like uh Smithfield, which sponsors Richard Petty Motorsports. sports they'll go to a waffle house. And, and do things because they're trying to, um, you know, sell more bacon to Waffle House, right? And so when they can bring their drivers uh, to, 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 to those places and do events there, um, that that's how they try to get value out of their sponsorship. They're trying to find more uh, more clients, right? They're trying to find more, more people to use their stuff. And then you have sponsorships like the Shell Pennzoil deal with uh, Penske Racing that is almost – entirely i mean it's a they're sponsoring the race team but there's a huge business to business component in the sense that penske has 244,000 trucks and a bunch of dealerships and and now through that sponsorship they have a way to get low cost oil and and gas you know and and so you know when when they can cut down the price uh with roger penske can cut down the price of uh of his uh, trucking and and dealership businesses, and in in the same uh, in the kind of same sense, be able to get money from a company to uh, to support his race team. It's a win win for both sides. You know, Shell doesn't have to worry about necessarily how good Joey Logano does or how good Elio Castro Neves does. I mean, they do worry about it, but they also know that the sponsorship has already paid for itself before those cars ever um, you know get fired up on race day.
0: So, Bob, let's talk about the potential pool of advertisers, a.k.a. the pipeline that these racing teams can go after, because I saw that in your article, the sales cycle from this can be anywhere from 6 to 12 to 18 months to try and land one of these deals. So should teams be going after the traditional NASCAR sponsors, or should they be branching out to other areas where they may not have been before with an unknown on will we be able to land them especially knowing how long it takes for them to land these deals
1: yeah uh, that's a great question i i mean i think everybody's looking in every avenue they can these days because it seems that everybody still needs um where most teams still need more money um they i i think what they've their challenge is to figure out what a company wants you know if you if you go to some sponsor who hasn't been involved in racing before i think the question is how does racing how can racing help them if you're going to spend a year to 18 months even six months trying to land a sponsor you don't want to do it not knowing that whether you can provide the result right i mean that's then that, that would just be a waste of time you know to say okay let's try it you know and if and if it fails then then, then where are you i think these teams go into it you know, even if it is just maybe a one-race deal or a two-race deal or a five-race deal, thinking that they can build upon it for uh, more races for multiple years uh, going forward. So th- I think that, that's, that's, what, that's what their eyes are on. Their eyes aren't on just a company and, and, and what they can do um, for the next year. They're looking three, four, five years down the road to see how they can build these things up.
0: How often, if at all, do we see brands go from one driver or a team to another? So maybe the performance may not have been there for whatever variety of reasons. Do we ever see that almost, I guess it'd be a so, sort of a form of poaching, but really comes down to performance or fit with the sponsor?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you see it when uh, when a sponsor is typically either disgruntled with a with a team or a performance or they feel like they haven't gotten maybe the service out of that team, uh, that they could before, uh, or, you know, you know, look, drivers change teams. And, uh, and, and so, and depending on the contracts, there, there's some, some teams that won't allow a driver to take a sponsor, um, to to another team, uh, or the, and there's some, uh, somewhere, you know, look, if, if the sponsor is going to leave, you know, what's, Let's try to figure out an amicable way to have them leave, and, and, and we'll go uh, start fishing somewhere else. So, uh, But, you know, it happens that, you know, th- about three or four companies a year usually change uh, drivers, uh, you know, th- either based because uh, they feel like they want more performance or the team wants more performance, or they're just looking for a, um, a different avenue. Uh, I would say that the ones that you see often changing would be like oil, Oil companies and, and some of those where uh, you know where you're you're always kind of looking for that better deal, but you want to be associated in the sport in some way because many of your uh, many of your customers are involved in the sport.
0: If a sponsor leaves, are they typically done advertising or sponsoring NASCAR, or is there a good opportunity because they've already pre-qualified themselves as a potential NASCAR sponsor option? Uh, do you ever, do we see that very often where they leave and then come back?
1: Um, not not too often. I think usually usually when a sponsor leaves, um, they're they're not either they're not seeing the ROI. Or, you know, there's just a different in philosophy. You know, they, they've either changed their sports marketing philosophy um, as a company. Maybe they've changed uh, what they're looking for as far as their customer base. Or somebody new comes in and just wants to uh, either just doesn't either believe in racing or they want to put kind of their own stamp on, 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 on the program. So, uh, you know, you, you do see occasionally where, where a company may, come, may be gone for a year or two and comes back but usually it's uh i would say 4 5 6 years before a company leaves and then and then kind of and, and comes back uh, that it's usually it's not usually a 1 year type of thing
2: I'm curious from the NASCAR position on this where NASCAR has recognized obviously that the audience is is watching and consuming NASCAR sports in general but NASCAR very specifically different than they had in the past where social has a bigger impact and NASCAR has made a move to make social a bigger part of um, uh, of how they're communicating to the NASCAR fans of how they're marketing uh, uh, you know of integration of utilizing 360 video from time to time and, and getting a little bit more into the digital and social age, is that in the long run going to benefit the teams looking for sponsors or does it make it more difficult on some level?
1: Um, I, I think, I, I, I certainly think it benefits in the sense that, you know, look, uh, NASCAR says that their average uh, age of. Uh, of of their fan is uh is 48 years old you know so obviously you would think that if if they're doing more stuff uh digitally and socially that they're looking for you know to to boost their younger uh the number of younger fans that they have and and they're trying to you know nascar has the battle of it used to be people there used to be a huge car culture in america and there used to be people who who would root for Drivers based on what they drove, whether they drove a Chevy or a Ford or a Dodge, just like in baseball, you root for the home team, right? You know, and so and you have that passion. Well, all that's all that's changed in the last ten years, and you don't have what I would say are easy areas of passion beyond the driver personalities. So, so NASCAR has to now try to find a way to make sure that people know these drivers' personalities to, uh, to 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 try to help these drivers connect with uh with their with the younger fan and potential fans.
2: I have a, I have my last question as we wrap it up here and um it's a two-parter. One is what should the NASCAR teams or the brands um be thinking about as they move through this season and into next year about sponsorship with NASCAR and then I'll ask the second parter in a second.
1: <laughs> that's a that's a Big question. Um, I would, the, the, the hard part is, is that you have NASCAR that looks for their own sponsors. You have tracks that are trying to sell sponsorships, and you have teams trying to sell sponsorships. And they're all fighting against each other, frankly, for, you know, for a certain pool of money. And uh, really the, the, the biggest challenge for them is to find some people or to have a way where people are either willing to take risks or willing to be more collaborative Knowing that there's a chance that they might not make as much money, and and that and when you talk about sales and commissions, you know that's that's a hard thing to do, and so but but that's their biggest challenge is that they're still all fighting among each other, and there's you know look NASCAR makes they make an average of 19 they will over the next 10 years or eight years in the 10 year part of this 10 year TV deal that they have NASCAR itself makes 19 million more a year uh... than it did in the past and the question is does nascar need to be selling sponsorships itself as a sanctioning body uh... as aggressively as it is and, and and what impact is that having on teams and what impact is that having on sponsors and then and to go along with that you know, it costs money to activate at racetracks and it costs a lot of money to activate often at racetracks and the question is how do you how do Racetracks make the money from their corporate hospitality and the things that they want to do with uh, with potential corporate sponsors, and yet make it economical for a race team sponsor to be able to have a good experience at a race and continue to do more of it. There's
2: obviously a lot of moving parts, and... Um... You know, there's no one-size-fits-all, that's for sure. I, I'm curious, and my last final question here is a similar question, but it's more towards the, uh, the up-and-comers, the folks that aren't all the way at the NASCAR level but either have small, local you know, uh, racing teams like Chuck Hover, who's actually the person who had uh, tweeted you and us um, at, you know, about your article, and you know, shout-out to him for, for making this happen. Um, but you know, he, he runs uh, J.R. Hefner Racing, which is a small dirt racing uh, team, um, and they have some race cars and you know the small teams that are up and coming and want to grow they're in the same challenge it's its obviously on a different scale but what should what can they take away from the lessons of the bigger NASCAR teams and drivers and NASCAR itself that they can apply on the smaller level
1: well I mean it, it is so different but I would say is understanding who your sponsor is and trying to figure out what they want you know I think uh, you know, Craftsman did a deal with uh, the World of Outlaws uh, racing series, which is a sprint car series that you know races out a lot of localities and a lot of dirt tracks and stuff. And what they're able to do is to you know, it, it, they use that to help promote uh, stuff in stores in the, in each of those areas. And uh, and I think th- I think the key is is how do you, you know, how how does your how does the company that's sponsoring you how are how are they going to benefit from from sponsoring you and what can you bring to them? I think that's the that's the biggest thing. It's just kind of understanding what, what you what, what, what they want. Do, do they want to try to create a viral video with you and, and, and see what happens? Or do they want you to just uh maybe, you know, have coupons or something in the back of your hauler to give out, you know, or they're part of like a hero card or something? Just what what do they want? What do they you know, what is their plan? What what are they looking for for their customers and how can you deliver on it?
0: So Bob, we really appreciate you coming on this sports marketing huddle guys. I recommend you check out Bob's article on ESPN, how NASCAR teams are dealing with unfilled sponsorships in 2017.